Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to season two of Collateral Creatives. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I am once again your host, Austin Murphy, joined by my lovely co-host, Cheyenne Wyatt. And today we are getting back in the saddle. Uh, it's been a good while since we did our last episode, uh, I believe. I completely forgot what the previous episode was. I'm fairly <laughs> certain it was the Cosby still Show. Cosby, yeah, yeah, that stuff. N- we didn't leave it on a on a calm note at all. We kind of left it on probably the most controversial note we possibly could. Maybe. So we need to smoothen that curve a little bit. <laughs> we need to need to rough out the edges. Start. <laughs> You know, calm, nice yeah. and steady. Welcome to 2020. And then we can climb the mountain. It will happen at some <laughs> point. I mean, we've got about halfway through the season, we're going to see some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. Because uh, that's all we see uh, in our everyday lives. Crazy stuff. And that's why we talk about it, because nobody else will. So, we're going to start off today rather simple, though, because we're going to be talking about what I think everyone to some degree knows about. I don't mean just like knows the name. I feel like people have an image in their head even of what this is. Something Minecraft. cube-like. Yeah, something cube-like. Cube-like. Minecraft. <laughs> Minecraft. Have you... Ha, what is Minecraft? Cubes. It's That's pretty much what it is. So, for those of you who... You mine and you craft. <laughs> for the few, the chosen few who have never heard of Minecraft, I'm going to ruin it for you today. Minecraft is a very, 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 probably one of the most popular games. Actually, I think it's... I think it has most recently hit the highest selling game of all time next to Mario. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Well, is that like all of the Mario stuff combined? No, it's specifically Super Mario, okay. the first one. Yeah, because I was going to say <laughs> there is a lot of Mario out there. Yeah, and just if one you're lumping Minecraft. it all together. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is about a good portion of the planet has either owned or played Minecraft. Uh, even schools use Minecraft, so everyone, even at a yeah, young age, has gotten Minecraft. Ed- yeah, there's actually an educational version of the game, Minecraft Educational Edition. Uh, it's terrible what they're doing to kids these days. <laughs> it's actually rather fascinating, but we'll get into that later. Uh, so, as per usual, we're going to be going into what it is that this idea or topic is that we're going to be talking about, the people that went behind it, and then eventually we're going to tie it into our overarching message for the day, and this one's going to be a, a, a nice spicy one, so stay tuned. <laughs> thought but, you said we weren't getting controversial. Hey, listen, everything is controversial. Everything is, is controversial. controversial. We still haven't finished that. Yeah, we still need to work on that. We can, we can, we can, I'm not even going to start saying that we're going to work on it this week. I keep on saying that. I said it like four times last season. I'm not yeah. doing it again. <laughs> There's probably someone out there listening who's just holding on hope. It, it probably. It's probably my mother. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so Minecraft. A simple way to put it is that the goal of the game is you spawn in a empty world. There's tons of different biomes, there's forests, there's jungles, there's deserts, there's oceans, there's rivers, there's lakes, there's all sorts of things, plains, all of that. There's cute pigs. There are a lot of animals. Uh, there's cows, pigs, sheep. There's hostile creatures that you that you can encounter, like zombies, skeletons, creepers. creepers. They are these like exploding creatures. Yeah. Um. That so kind of look like zombies. A little bit, tiny bit. If you didn't make them look anything like zombies, but <laughs> <laughs> if you 
haven't played the game a lot, they look the same <laughs> until they start exploding. Yes. So <laughs> Minecraft, the objective of the game is whatever you want it to be, really, because Minecraft is an open world survival game and it goes on like the open world itself goes on to near infinity. It takes a long time for you to reach the end. It can feel like infinity. If you weren't to use a teleportation thing that's built into the game and like the programming, it would probably, I think last I checked, it would actually take you your, like most of your lifetime to get to the end of a Minecraft world. Yeah. And your game would crash before you ever even got there because it can't handle all that data. You're just about to reach the end and it crashes. <laughs> Time to start over. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's, there's a lot also of, a creative mm -hmm. mode along with survival. Mode. Yes. There's so a, you're not forced to fight the scary zombies. Mm -hmm. there, there's technically four different ways that you can play Minecraft and that's there's survival, there's the hardcore mode, which is it's a harder version of survival survival where if you die you lose your game save and then there's creative and then there's multiplayer which is uh, there's a lot of different ways to play multiplayer there's the new realms system that they added where you can have a persistent server on at all times you can just join in in and out with your friends then there's actual servers that are routed through the pc versions of the game that are things like mineplex that have tons of mini games thousands of players on at once and it's a, just a bunch of good times, really. Mm -hmm. And then there's also dungeons now, too. That's a different one entirely, though. Yeah. Uh, that's more like, that's a top-down exploration game. It's, uh, it's, it's in the same art style, and it's supposed to take place in the same world as Minecraft, but Minecraft and Minecraft Dungeons are two completely different games. So we're not covering it. We're today. not covering it today because that's it's a completely different idea, and I don't even honestly, I have I would have a hard time figuring out where. Uh, to even begin with where we could connect that. Uh, Got it. Because uh, by that point, we would have to just start getting into games fundamentally because there are some games that by design would be so aimless or vague that you can't find a specific aspect of God, but they tie into a general narrative of video games or interpersonal interaction, that sort of thing. Yeah. You have to look a little bit broader spectrum in that case. But Minecraft, the actual Minecraft, that can get real specific. Yeah, <laughs> so, which is what we're here for. Exactly. So the primary objective of the game that it tells you you should be doing is to get to a realm called the End. Very appropriate. Uh, destroy a dragon. Just make it go away and the credits will roll so however many steps you take to get there it doesn't matter you could take days to get there you could take hours to get there if you're really good at the game you could take minutes to get there it doesn't really matter the game lets you do whatever it is that you want in this massive open world with tons of opportunities because you can manipulate the environment by mining out blocks because the world is made out of blocks various different types you of materials you are made of blocks yes you take those blocks and you can form them into whatever it is that you want you can place them back down so there's things like dirt, stone, sand, sandstone, wood, leaves, all these different kinds of blocks. There's hundreds of different kinds of materials that you can get, and you can place them down all over the place. It doesn't matter. The game will not restrict you on how you want to do things. People have recreated uh, world wonders. Like, I've seen uh, a two-scale, within the game world at least, uh, what is it? Uh, Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. I've seen a two-scale Star Destroyer. I've seen... Uh, there was a 
bunch of other statues that were made. Uh, someone, one of the most impressive things actually that I've ever seen, there's this thing called the Restricted Library. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Someone made a huge, massive, real library, like a real library in Minecraft that's really detailed. It looks amazing. It, from the outside, it looks like a real building. You go inside and it's full of restricted books from various countries. Certain countries will have burned books, removed them from publishing, anything like that. And the users, the people who made this library, will continuously update the server with new books that have gotten destroyed or removed, and the game will preserve it. And you can just pull the book off the shelves, put it onto one to the podiums that's scattered throughout the library, and then read it from start to finish. The game contains all of it, and it's amazing. So Minecraft, filled with infinite possibilities, quite literally, uh, started out in 2009. Like around that time is when it got really big. It was in progress before that. But around 2009 is when we finally got to see what uh, the creator of the game, a guy named Marcus Person, actually wanted to make. And it was originally just called Cube Game. I thought it was Cave Game. Cave Game. And surprisingly enough, there weren't really any caves. It was pretty much just a bunch of grass and cobblestone, and that was it. There really wasn't All much else to it. All you need is grass. Apparently. Kids these days don't appreciate grass. <laughs> Over the course of the following years, though, uh, as he goes through different versions, uh, going from versions that had code names such as the survival test, the in-dev version, inf-dev version. Eventually, around 2010, he would finally create a actual final product that brought it into a beta phase, which in the video game world, a beta phase means that it's it could be ready for shipping, but it's got a couple more bugs to figure out, and it's currently in its final stages of development before it's pushed out into the shelves. Now... Minecraft itself would maintain its popularity for quite a few years up until would maintain its popularity for quite a few years up until 2014 when Microsoft would eventually buy the company that Marcus founded Mojang uh, a Swedish game development company so that Microsoft had exclusive rights to Minecraft and that was when Minecraft blew up it was it was already blowing up every now and then like it would have little spikes of popularity but then 2014 hit and everyone was knowing about Minecraft. Everyone was playing Minecraft. It's almost like it was bought by friggin' Microsoft. So... <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> uh, Minecraft is known for having its own sort of culture and community. Uh, from guys and girls who have, or are now adults, who started playing the game when they were kids. That would be me, for example. Very nostalgic. Yeah, it, a lot of us grew up on it and we kind of maintained a community through that to the, the parents who are now introducing the game to their kids these days or to the to the adults who were helping out test the game back in the day when kids couldn't have access to a game like that. There's been many steps that eventually led to what Minecraft is now. And Minecraft's significance has kind of pushed a new form of open world creativity. Mm-hmm. Because now there's a lot of games that want to incorporate things like full destruction or open building like the ideas that came from Fortnite for example another really popular game I say Fortnite because everyone knows it adults are probably going to be annoyed by it and kids are going to be like yeah Fortnite Uh, so (laughs) Fortnite had the unique 
quote-unquote idea of being able to build walls and floors and ceilings and all these other pieces and parts in a battle royale game. So you're already shooting at each other, but now you can build stuff. Wow, that's really cool. So now Fortnite and Minecraft are the two top games for the younger demographic, like 9 to 12-year-olds. That is, Those two games have dominated the market. And... I don't think that's by any surprise, especially at that age when kids are starting to really get a grip on what imagination is because mm-hmm. their brains are going crazy with all these different stories and all these different experiences that are going on in their head that they don't even realize are going on in their head. And now they can express it in a visual format that others can see. That's really cool. That's why I got into it. I was really interested in the idea of being able to create my own home, tame wolves, uh, find because villagers. Dude, I freaking love wolves. But Minecraft itself, it started to get really crazy whenever YouTubers got involved. Once YouTube and Minecraft sort of came together and created their own community, things got pretty awesome. A lot of kids started seeing it. A lot of people started making fun content, such as short films made in Minecraft, fancy builds. Now we've got speed running, so people are trying to beat the game as fast as possible. And there's there's a lot of good things to appreciate about Minecraft. Like I said, the whole restricted library thing. And there's been a lot of people who have been able to interact with their other family members through the game, interact with their friends. It's a very open-ended game, and it, by nature, doesn't have anything evil in it. But, but, <laughs> Minecraft does expose something that's rather interesting. Uh, which is that of human nature. It's very interesting. (laughs) It is. Uh, Cheyenne and I were talking about it before we started recording, and it is rather fascinating how the moment that Minecraft added a creative mode that allowed you to do things like use TNT that could destroy blocks and create craters, use lava, use fire... All of a sudden, there's videos everywhere of people doing this thing called griefing, where basically you're destroying other people's homes and land and territories, killing them, all that in the game. They are destroying nonchalantly, just loading into a creative mode and seeing how much destruction they can cause for fun. Mm -hmm. Even the survival mode uh, these days has kind of turned into more of an RPG adventure mode. Because it's no longer really that difficult to survive. You can survive pretty easily in Minecraft. But now it's all about, do you have the strongest gear to eliminate your opponents? Do you have the strongest weapons to take out the the creatures around you as quickly as possible? So you mm-hmm. can get to the end. So the game is slowly starting to reveal something about how people like to play these games, which is usually the freedom of destruction. <laughs> yeah, and... Part of it is, oh, it's just cubes on a screen. Mm -hmm. And so there is probably some of that detachment happening. And you can argue that with a lot of games. A lot of them. There's some detachment happening. Like, oh, it's not real. So it's okay to just wreak havoc. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is really to use the word interesting. I'd say telling. Yeah, telling. about people and how we're wired when you hand it off to even kids and their first instinct is 
I want to blow things up. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, he's now, I think, seven uh, year old cousin, and he like barely plays video games. And he got a hold of Minecraft uh, when he was over at my house because his parents will let him play Minecraft and a few other things when he's like with his cousins or other cousins. Um, and so he wanted to play Minecraft with me and we found a village Mm -hmm. in the middle of a desert and, uh, he got really excited and I was like, Oh cool. He wants to make friends with the villagers or something with the pigs or, you know, something along those lines. Cause like, that's how I am. He's a super sweet kid, like very sensitive, (laughs) um, really cares about people. Like I'm not like, you know, a lot of people will build up their little children in their lives and be like, oh, he's the most sensitive person, like super sweet. Like he really is just a very sweet kid. He um, cares about you and like checks to make sure you're okay. Like um, if you hit your arm on something, he's like, ow, because he... (laughs) He feels your pain. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why did you say ow? Like, I'm the one who hit my arm. <laughs> and it's just because that's the way he's wired. He, like, really wants to be involved in everyone's lives. So he got excited because there was a village. And I was like, oh, cool. We're going to play with the villagers. Have a nice day. Uh, he, We were in creative mode. And he got lava. <laughs> like He flew up. And just started dumping lava on top of this village. And before I knew it, like everything was on fire (laughs) and he was blowing things up. And I was like, what is happening? I thought I knew this child. Uh (laughs) And he completely destroyed a village and was laughing like hysterically. Um, And I was like, oh, okay. All right, then. (laughs) Yep. And I have my own story related to the exposure of certain human natures through a game. Uh, First of all, I might have said it before in a previous episode. With Minecraft in 2020, like the summer of 2020, when we had all gone into lockdown, me and my friends, maybe 10 of us, recreated society in Minecraft. We went into survival mode. We made a city with skyscrapers and I think we even had a Catholic church just because we really liked the architecture. <laughs> it fit so like really a cathedral. Well. A cathedral, yeah. Uh, designed after Roman Catholic churches. Yeah. Um, and we had agriculture and docks and economies and all of these crazy things. And it took us about six months before eventually a disagreement happened. Someone went off and formed their own city and we went to war. And it was, you know, there was, there was bows and arrows, there were swords, there was explosions. There were people in armor sprinting across borders, trying to steal resources and gain land and all of that. And I'm sitting back. I'm like, for the last six months, we've had nothing but utopia with nothing happening, us versus the world. And then the, the moment that we have everything, we turn on each other <laughs> because now it's not we have everything it's they have everything and i want everything <laughs> um and so minecraft 
in a strange way sort of exposes how how much responsibility God has placed upon his own shoulders. Because the moment that you give a human being the power to do whatever they want, they will use that power absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is never usually for good. It might seem like it, but there's always something that's like underlying. I think one of the most popular ones that I can think of, let's say Elon Musk, literally has managed to launch rockets into space, bring them back down and land the same rocket. (laughs) I mean, first of all, that's really cool. I've seen the videos. It looks, it's so unbelievable to my brain. It looks fake, but it's not. There's so many camera angles. There's so many people watching. There's so many witnesses. You can go and watch them do it now. If you just go to one of their viewing sites, you can just stand there and watch these rockets blast off and come back. (laughs) And it's incredible. He invented a new way for vehicles to operate so that they can run entirely off of electric power without any sort of carbon footprint and now we have electrical gas stations that can charge up your car at every rest stop on the highways you have all these crazy things that this guy has done but a lot of people forget that he had child slaves in other countries making the components for him and that's the thing you will have a person good or not with absolute power able to do whatever it is that they want because of the resources that they've been given but there will always be some sort of flaw. They're never going to be able to be a perfect leader. Even in history, we have characters that we've looked up to, looked up to that had some form or aspect of them that that today, especially we wouldn't see as okay. George Washington, everybody looked up to George Washington. He owned slaves. It's arguable. It's argued whether or not he wanted to, or found it okay, But that's still, bottom line, not a good thing. I don't think that humans place enough value on each other, the same value that God seems to hold on all of us, no matter what it is that we do or how we see him ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's the telling part. You can expose someone like that. Making sure that we're holding to this, you can expose things like this in friggin' Minecraft. (laughs) Yeah, and... What you just said about like how we see God, I think a lot of the time, because people know this about other people and about themselves, when it comes to power, mm-hmm. that creates this mistrust of God mm-hmm. and his power, even, because they're like, okay, so he's in control of everything. Mm-hmm okay, when is the other shoe going to drop? When is he going to start blowing things up? But that's not how he is. He's not like us. He doesn't have that same, I'm going to blow stuff up and destroy things with TNT and Minecraft instincts. And it's hard to get your brain around that sometimes, that like, we can completely trust God and we can completely know and like rest in that knowledge that, oh, he's not going to do something harmful to us, even though he has complete control of the situation and totally could if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And that is like a really like almost weird place to be at. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, oh, huh. 
I have no control in this situation and he's completely in control. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And that would be really uncomfortable if it was another person because you'd have to trust that other person a lot. Mm -hmm. And you, even if you trust them fully, (laughs) even if you trust them fully, there's still going to be that little piece of you that's like, oh, no, they're going to do something bad in this situation mm-hmm. because that's how human nature is. People hurt other people, even if it's not intentionally. We just make bad choices. We have that room for human error. That's something that you have to account for in science and when you're having conversations about different things like okay I think we did the best that we can as humans but eh, we're human Mm -hmm. and God doesn't work like that there is no accounting for God error Mm -mm. because God doesn't make mistakes yep and even in the Bible you can find leaders who despite their power despite being as good as they are thinking to David Moses they made (laughs) Moses and that (laughs) raw yeah like all of the classic things that people always talk about like see this great leader in the Bible and then there was Bathsheba bathing Mm -hmm. on the roof yep you can never count on a human to maintain a leadership integrity and I think that distrust applies to a lot of why a lot of people end up not trusting in God. Just because you're right, there is no way to comprehend how could a creature or being or spirit or person. Whatever word you're using for God. <laughs> like just anything, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. How could anything that powerful be trustworthy with mm-hmm. that kind of power? And so, Especially when you can't see him. Mm-mm, not that, at all. That adds a whole other layer yeah. to it. And Christianity has a very strange sort of answer to it, sort of way of looking at it, because in, in Christian faith, God is absolute. He's never questioning himself. He's never second guessing. He arguably has no regrets. Mm-hmm. And... Because of that, it's interesting whenever you try to interact with another religion regarding that whole idea, because think to Islam, their God can change his mind, can be like, hey, I think that I made a mistake here. I'm going to adjust it so that the future has a benefit. That's a scary sort of way to look at it. Yeah. And when you know that about Islam and how that nuance plays into their faith, it's like, oh, that makes a lot more sense now why you mm-hmm. guys act the way you do. Yeah. Um, because they're terrified of awakening a wrathful God. Yeah. That just decides Because he can change mm-hmm. when our God is stable. Consistent. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> and it's it's interesting whenever you look at it because... We used the, you used the justification earlier. You know, why is it bad to go into a game like Minecraft and then destroy everything, kill all of the the innocent ones and zeros, 
because they're just that. They're just computer programs. We yeah, wrote Pick's them. not real. We literally programmed them to be capable of death. They, uh, uh, We could have programmed them to make them so that they're invincible and you can't touch them and they won't die or anything like that. But no, they programmed in death animation. They programmed them to drop items when they die. They programmed to be capable of punching them, hitting them with swords, all of that. And how similar could that have been if God looked at us and said, oh, that's just a species I created in a split second. I could wipe them out and create a whole new one. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like with ants mm-hmm. or like any other like really small insect. Like, yeah. I think people often have the same sort of emotion of annihilating them as they do with video games. Yep, they just see the bug and they're like, oh, look at that. No, no second thought. <laughs> None at all. Um, and it's like, Hey, that's a life right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you like look into ants or like any other insect, they're actually like really intricate and designed in such beautiful ways. And we don't even give second second thought to that. And isn't it interesting how a human perspective, we place different values over different creatures that aren't us or higher value on creatures that aren't us, like dogs, than creatures that we find as lesser, like insects. But God looks at all of it the same. Like all of his creation is equal except humanity. Yeah. And that's a fascinating thing because it has led into this idea that we just started neglecting how important creation is. We've wanted to use this creation that we've been given to create our own power, to actually literally create divide between different creations, like wiping out forests, taking out environments, causing division between each other all over the place. And we've done that to ourselves. And that's something that I think about quite often is that I, I talk to other Christians a lot where they're going through a hard time and they will say something like, I'm confused why God would have let, let's say, I'm confused why God would have let the world be flooded or why God would have let this person affect my life in this negative way. Sometimes they'll even say why God made it happen. And I don't think that they're coming at it the right way because that's making it seem as if that God is purposely going out of his way to make your life a living hell and you're not going to be coming out unless you go to him. He has no other interest. He doesn't care what you go through. Just focus on him. Go whatever. I'm going to put you through this so that you come to me eventually and you're just going to have to deal with that. I'm not talking to you after I'm done with you, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's not how God behaves. Humans destroy each other. Humans bring each other down. There is no grace. They manipulate. They manipulate. And so what God does, he does do the thing of, I will let you go through this, but I expect you to come to me when you're done. Mm -hmm. I will let you shout and scream. I'll let you curse me out. I'll let you do whatever it is that you got to do, but I'll be here waiting for you. And that's weird. (laughs) Well, and like the difference between let and make Mm -hmm. also is significant because like let suggests that he doesn't have the power to stop it like oh Mm -hmm. or maybe it does allow for the power to stop it 
Um, but he just chooses not to. He chooses not to. Yeah. And so, and that way he's making it happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a struggle for a lot of people where it's like, oh, he's not stepping in front of the boulder that's rolling towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the important thing is that he's there through it all. Mm-hmm. He's not just watching because like even though he's god and like this big like controlling like overseer Mm -hmm. the overseer isn't distant yeah and i think that's the other really interesting thing that we could even like pull from minecraft because like yes you're playing in the world Mm -hmm. But you're really not that involved in it. Like when you cause destruction and all of that, you can just move on to the next biome. Mm-hmm. Um, but God is intricately involved in everything that's going on. Yeah. And I think one of the stories that I've always found really comforting and really loved is in John 9 when it talks about the man who was born blind. Mm. Um, so if you guys know the story, I'm just going to summarize it. Uh, the guy's born blind, Jesus heals him. And after that, I think this might be moving on into chapter 10, but it might still be in chapter 9. So I don't have a Bible in front of me. <laughs> uh, you can look at it yourselves. After he's healed, the Pharisees and all of those people kind of freak out because Jesus is gaining power and all of that stuff in, like, the community and, like, a reputation, and they don't really want him to. And so they're, like, they're asking questions like, who healed you? Who do you say he is? And they are trying to figure out a way around the oh, he's divine because Mm -hmm. they don't want healing to equal Jesus is divine or he's from God because they don't like that answer. Yeah. And it's to the point where his parents kind of are like, oh, no, don't ask us. We like aren't associated with our son. He's an adult. He can speak for himself because they're scared that they're going to get kicked out of the synagogue because they can see that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and all those people are super upset and that that's probably what's about to happen to their son. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, he uh, responds to all of this questioning and he's like, listen, I don't really know who he was, but all I know is that the person who healed me was from God. Like that's, that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was blind, but now I can see. Uh, and they're like, yeah, not a fan of that answer. And so he gets <laughs> kicked out of the synagogue. And the synagogue was so, like, such an important part of this, like, community and who they were. And so getting kicked out is just like a rejection. Mm-hmm. And for someone who had been a beggar, 
who had already been on the margins of society for so long mm -hmm. finally getting that back and then losing it mm -hmm. in more or less the same day like that's heartbreaking yeah and he also like the whole thing with his parents he loses them and so like even though he's healed he loses a lot yeah um but i think it's really really cool how after that jesus comes up to him or like kind of finds him later and they have a conversation and like the guy hadn't even seen jesus mm -hmm because <laughs> I think it was the situation where it's like the mud on the eyes and you have to go wash but yeah. I could be wrong on that one um, anyway so he's like talking about like hey the son of man da 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 he's like who is he I want to believe in him and it's like oh that's me and they have that moment of oh I want to believe in you you're awesome <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much for healing me like so because Jesus was incarnate, like he was, as the incarnation, sort of the most limited mobility-wise as God could be. Yeah. Like he, in Jesus, wasn't able to be everywhere at once. Like Jesus couldn't be in two places yeah. at once. And so I think it's really cool how like, even though, <laughs> he couldn't be everywhere he was still with this guy that he healed as much as he could be yeah and especially when he needed someone mm -hmm. because he just got rejected and jesus was like hey i'm here <laughs> <laughs> um and that's like always been something that i found really meaningful and i don't think i've ever heard someone talk about it yeah um about how jesus was there for him through that entire situation when no one else really was mm -hmm. and that's when he was like most limited in like the whole omnipresent thing and so how much more is god there for us and th with us through all of our suffering when he does have that whole omnipresent thing going on mm -hmm. because you know now he's not limited by his <laughs> incarnation like I only have the one body thing. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully that makes sense. It, I think it does. And I think it, it leads into the most important thing to take away uh, from this whole idea that we've presented. When it comes to the leaders that we have, I, I wholeheartedly believe that there are certain leaders that are appointed by God that are placed there. But, and this is, this is big, it doesn't matter who's placed because no matter what, they're still human. They cannot see you, likely will never see you. They will look at things from a broad spectrum. They'll hardly ever look at the individual and they will do their best to improve things while also improving things for themselves because they don't want to only see improvement in everyone else's life because that wouldn't be any benefit to them. They also want to see improvement in their life. Sometimes they'll even focus on their own life instead of focusing on the people that they're supposed to be taking care of that they're in charge of. So the biggest thing that must be understood is that the reason why we can trust that God is different than the human nature desire to blow up everything as soon as we have absolute power to destroy 
or create and then destroy later. The main difference is that God sees you. He's there with you personally. He knows you personally, and you have the opportunity to know him personally. You can't walk up to Joe Biden and ask to get a cup of coffee. That's not going to happen. You'll more than likely get arrested before you get even close. (laughs) Yeah. You can't go and talk to the mayor of Chicago unless you're going to go sit down in front of a city council with an official report or official request that has to get cleared by seven other people before you get sat down. And maybe even then you'll have to go through a pretrial and then you can go into a full council and there might be even a chance that she's too busy to go actually attend the meeting. Humans are way different than what God has portrayed and shown himself to be. Yeah, we have clear access to him, and that's through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And God has a clear plan. He has a clear guide. He knows where he's going. He knows where he's been, and he knows what's going on. Every single action in the Bible that has predicted something that's going to happen in the future so far has happened. He's had this in the works for a long time, and the evidence is everywhere if you just look around or you spend a little bit of time talking to him. And that's the biggest thing that I've always thought about. The main reason why we say, you know, don't worry about who's in charge. Don't pray for someone specific to be in charge because we already have someone who's in charge. I wrestled with that for a long time because I'm like, why would I care if God is still in charge, which he always is, if the person that's in charge is ruining my life right now or causing things to be difficult or I don't know, many other things that previous presidents, dictators, all of them have done. Why would I even think about what God is doing in my life when my life is being directly affected by these human beings that are currently in charge? And the reason is because God is consistent. No matter what it is that I'm going through, no matter what it is that I'm facing, no matter what it is that God has presented in my life, I can consistently go to him, talk about it, think about it, read through his word, gain wisdom, and be able to deal with whatever kind of person is put in charge next because Mm -hmm. God is infinite. God will not pass. God won't die. Our leaders will pass in and out like a day and night cycle. It will sometimes be great. Most times suck because humans are incapable of handling power properly. Mm -hmm. That's why we have to be able to trust God because we can't trust people to do the job that God has given himself. He's given leaders. He's given real good ones that have started great civilizations and those civilizations fell. So we have to remember that even if we have a person in charge who is fantastic doing all the great things and making us like him and all that, you got to keep in mind that that is still a person. They have done likely horrible things Mm -hmm. or they have thought horrible things or they are planning horrible things, no matter what, there's always going to be some aspect to them where they don't truly care. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of where some of the danger uh, is when we start putting leaders on pedestals. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this pastor's so amazing. I love him. Think back to one of the previous episodes where I was talking about a pastor that had a congregation sing holy songs about him. That was a pedestal. (laughs) Yeah. And so pedestals like that, we end up being like, oh, yeah, this person. I love them so much. Mm -hmm. They're so amazing. Like, be careful with that. Yeah. Because, yes, they're a great leader and all of that. But, like, how many people have really had their faith shaken when their youth pastor or a pastor 
ends up having an affair or walking away from the faith. And it's like, oh man, they're the person who led me to Christ. What am I supposed to do now? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, but that doesn't change God. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you have faith in humans and not faith in God. Mm -hmm. Like you properly should. Yeah, because God has shown himself to, like I've been saying, be consistent. And like I said, again, even if you have great leaders, especially in your church, fantastic. I'm so glad that you have a pastor that truly cares about your community and all that. But don't forget who put him there. Mm -hmm. Always keep in mind that there will be a time where leaders are going to be few and far between, especially within our Christian faith. And that there must be dedication put towards God because at some point he's going to be the only person we can truly rely on. But otherwise, that's the primary takeaway that we wanted to focus on from this. I know that we're really good at this, where we are just like, <laughs> here's Minecraft, this lighthearted game, all about community, but what Cubes. about human nature? <laughs> Cubes lead to human nature. There you go. Get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Cubes equal human nature. Uh, Great t-shirt. And next week is going to be similarly uh, rather fun in that same way uh next week we're going to be going into books once again this time we're going to be talking about the writer john green more specifically fault in our stars but we'll probably be exploring a couple of his other works and as well as his brothers more than likely yeah Uh, i like them mm -hmm. and (laughs) as a new thing that we're going to start doing this season we're going to i'm going to preview so that you all can think ponder pray study whatever it is that you all do at home think hard about what it is that we're going to be talking about. I'm going to give you the premise. So, next week, how do we see people and how do we handle illness? There's a lot of self-identity things, finding others that are faithful in Christ next week, that sort of stuff. So, I look forward to talking about it. Do you look forward to talking about it? Yeah! Yeah! Alright, sweet. Alright, then everyone, we will see you next week. We're not going to ever develop an outro and we'll see you next time. Bye.